0: Welcome to Becoming Iconic, a global multimedia and mentorship brand that will lift you into having the most exceptional lifestyle and business. I am your host, Jen Spiegel, and as a mom of four, a seven-figure high-performance mentor, editor of a magazine, and the host of this top podcast, I have a lot to share with you. This podcast has been created to talk about all of those things that will support you in both your life, business, as well as leadership. I believe in having a life in business that gives you ultimate fulfillment and this gets to be your reality. That's why most conversations here will shift many of the paradigms that you've likely been participating in. Be ready to be stretched in both your thinking and in your doing. You'll hear advice and wisdom from my 16 plus years of experience building businesses globally alongside of raising a family. And you'll also hear from many other industry moguls. Don't forget to follow on your favorite social media platform. It's simply Becoming Iconic. And while you're there, check out the most recent edition of the Becoming Iconic magazine. I just want you to know something. You're in the right place. And I want to thank you for being here. Okay. So this is a long awaited recording interview conversation with someone who I am a huge fan of. Jordan Bowditch is on the podcast today and he is a mentor to my marriage, to my husband and I, we are in his couple's goals, which is an incredible container of incredible humans, which says a lot about Alexa, who I've worked with for a long time now, his wife and him. They just have this incredible way of showing what is possible in relationships This particular podcast was sparked from a post that Jordan did, and Jordan, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but Alexa told me you weren't even going to post this. This was kind of a spur of the moment post, calling men into standing up and rising with their women. Mm-hmm. And this spark of conversation happened in my community, and it has not stopped. And people are really craving your perspective on how to hold an alpha woman, <laughs> and- <laughs> but also how a gentleman. And we're going to talk about heterosexual relationships in this particular conversation, but how a man man can hold an alpha woman and support her, but also um, champion her and himself. That's what I'm really excited to talk to you about. So welcome to the Becoming Iconic podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. That's a tall order you wanted to get into today and I'm (laughs) into it. Let's do it.
0: You can handle that. I know you can. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm looking forward to your sense of humor and I'm really looking forward to your perspective because one of the things Alexa and I have worked on in the mentorship that she has provided to me is how I can soften as an alpha woman. So, I'm in this beautiful marriage with a man I absolutely adore, but I am the breadwinner. I am the one who is working and and you know, really activating our home in terms of finances and getting things done. We have four children. And so what I have found is I'm constantly in this masculine energy. And Alexa kind of related to that and said that when she first met you it was similar but you've both navigated this and so I wanted to open the conversation and just hear your perspective of what it's like to live with an alpha woman and and how you've built a beautiful marriage upon that.
1: Yeah, it's a fucking challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and a righteous challenge. Mm. Uh, a challenge that is worth uh, embarking on the never-ending journey of figuring it out. There's so many very like tactical, practical components, and then there's the more energetic, high-level stuff. Uh, it's probably we'll bounce around and just see what we we'll yeah. land on. Yeah. Uh, let's see at a high level. And we talked about this a little bit last night on the couple's goals call, like masculine, feminine dynamics. And it's a spectrum that's within all of us. I'm a man and I most identify with masculine energy. That's like my default. And it can look different man to man. And that's not necessarily the case for all men. Sometimes they're a little bit more of a feminine default. And there's also a lot of stereotypes there within that may or may not be true and are contextual, yada, yada, yada. Lex, she on the surface appears to be more, you might say, masculine. She's a go-getter. She's a lot of the things that you just described, alpha, boss, babe. She gets shit done. She's assertive. She's a bona fide badass. Mm -hmm. And I love her for that. That was part of what was very uh, captivating and polarizing for me and going after her. Um, That said, with all of the layers of potential entanglements in our lives, it can be quite problematic. So we live together. So we're roommates. That's one. Uh, we're business partners. Holy shit, ski, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, that is the one that really magnifies and exponentiates everything. Mm-hmm. Without that, I feel like I, I had it pretty good before we embarked on that one. Uh, and then it was just like, okay, cool. Now it's just a whole other level of intentionality, of compartmentalization, of holding the line for like when we're in masculine versus feminine, who's in what, uh, just so many elements there. And maybe the last thing I'll say for now is what this has forced me to do is to be so much more acutely aware of the dynamics that are at play in any given moment and what is best suited to that moment. And maybe the moment after, so having some strong foresight. So maybe a more like, Practical example. And again, we talked about this last night a little bit is after a long work day where she's been boss babing away on podcasts, you know, various calls, coaching. It's four or five, or maybe six o'clock or later. And it's time to wind down. It's time for her to relax. It's time for her to uh, potentially soften into feminine self care, whatever that could look like. And yet, uh, if she allows herself, and if I allow her to also, she may stay in that till 10 o'clock and then go to bed and start up all over again. And that leads to burnout. And I think a lot of women like y'all to generalize can probably relate to that. And she had a really challenging experience with that toward the end of last year. We had a miscarriage and that forced us to look at the lives we were living and invited me into another level of stewardship in our relationship. like, okay. Yes, you are a sovereign autonomous being, Alexa. I love you. You're a badass and I want you to continue being your badass self. And yet I want you to be a badass for life, not just in the season where then you lose your shit and you can't do anything because you're kind of like traumatized and paralyzed in the sense Um, that I want you to be able to do it day to day, week to week, sustainably and be able to become a mother and do it. And I think that was maybe the biggest learning in that season was like, okay, y'all are serious about being kids about being parents to kids, (laughs) you ain't going to be able to live this life and do that effectively and keep your fucking sanity. Um, so as challenging as that was the biggest gift therein is I feel so much more equipped to be a dad and a more present husband while maintaining our romance. Cause that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest elements too, in long-term relationship, when all of these layers come into play of again, business partnership, roommates, being parents, it's like romance, which is I'll say arguably the most important thing, not very arguably in my mind, I think it is the most <laughs> important thing. It's what brought us together in the first place. Mm-hmm. That becomes the least urgent thing, even though it's the most important thing. And as it goes in a very high functioning, alpha productive, capitalistic society, it's, it's the urgent. What is going to get me the next thing that oftentimes trumps the most important? That's why there's a lot of fat, sick, unhealthy people out there. It's like, well, eating the right food or exercising, those those aren't necessarily urgently present. So that's a long winded way of starting the riff of this conversation.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's great because I feel like those who don't know you, and if you don't, please go follow right away because every single day is entertaining and uplifting, (laughs) but you, you gave people an essence of who you are and what you stand for in a relationship. So I think that was really important as an introduction, hmm. but I also kind of heard through what you were saying. And I also know this for the people I support is not every husband or partner is as eager to, hold that and that space for their wife or partner and encourage them and, and also bring on their personal development to meet them and, and grow with them. We have a lot of women who are met with husbands that are you know just really resistant to their growth. Why are you doing this? And it's, it's holding them back from their greatness. What would you see to that woman right now if she's in a partnership and her husband isn't thinking of things or looking mm-hmm. and viewing things the way you are? What could she do?
1: It's a great question. Very present in our world as well. I feel like Lex has tapped into something in particular in this season that's uh, <laughs> feminine empowerment, but that's real, raw, radical, and grounded. And it, it's ownership. So <laughs> it's a losing battle, I've found, to try and change someone. If I get into a relationship on any level, friendship or whatever, on potential of like them changing. Ooh, I wouldn't recommend it. And so for us, it's as a man, the hope is that I take ownership of my own shits. And we'll just say as, as a man and a woman, individuals taking ownership over our own stuff, that's going to, that's the only thing that I have control over. It's the only thing that she has has control over. It's the only thing any woman's, we're talking about women you have control over. So the recommendation at a high level is be the best you, you can be," which is so cheesy and cliche, and yet that would be the foundational piece of advice. And then beyond that, hopefully, that being the change is an invitation for the guy to get over his shit, his ego, his resistance to change, to start making steps in the direction of growth, let's call it. And I think for me personally, like my style and what it really resonates with me, is playfulness. That's like the bridge. Uh, Because I know a lot of men's work out there feels boring and hard and cheesy and like woo-woo, and and I'll even say feminine. So it's no wonder that a lot of men don't feel called to that. And I think that men that connect with me and do one of my retreats, one of my programs, coach with me there's a an aha, hopefully, this is the feedback I get from most men that it's like, oh, this can actually be really fun and connective and playful. It's not to say that it's not challenging, but it's, I get to have fun throughout the whole thing. It's extremely sincere, but it's not overly serious. And so you referenced my post, the one that kind of sparked this conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you read that, it's, I call it broetry <laughs> because it's like kind of poetic, but it's got this totally politically incorrect broy edge to it. And that can be polarizing. Some guys are like triggered by that and they aren't into it and that's fine. But a lot of guys are intrigued by it. It's like, oh, he's speaking about something that's really vulnerable and really uh, just challenging on many levels for whatever reasons. But he's speaking about it in a way that I can resonate with, that feels kind of fun. It's entertaining. I like to use the word edutaining. So it's educational, Mm -hmm. but it's entertaining as well. So to come back to your original question, for women, it's be your best Take ownership for everything. You can genuinely take ownership and trust that in that path, during that process, he'll come around on some level. It may take some time. I'll tell you, it doesn't work. Criticism. Mm-hmm. Men don't like to be criticized. If I feel like I'm not good enough, yeah, then like I don't. I'm never good enough. Is a story that I'll attach to. Yeah, I'll leave it at that for now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so. Maybe I need to ask this question too, because it's being, I just kind of feel like you're the person that would be able to answer this. Does she have to choose? So if she's coming up against this with her husband, and I'm just going to say husband, but whatever that partnership looks like, and she's being the best she can be and pursuing this goal and her dreams and really bringing herself to life. And she's continuing to hit this wall with him. Is there a point where she just says, I'm either going to give this up to make my marriage work. Does she have to get to that point? Like, what does she do in that moment when she feels like it's a choice, one or the other?
1: I think that it's my personal opinion is that rarely does it get to a point where you have to choose. Oftentimes, there's this uh, delusional belief that that's the case. And understandably so, I want to like be caring and, and sensitive here that, yeah, it's I can relate to that. That's really frustrating when it's like, I feel like I'm backed up against the wall. I've tried everything. It's not working. And yet I think that there's a, I maybe call it like a cultural meme of sorts in society. That's like, oh, this isn't serving me. So I'm going to let it go. IE, you know, that's divorce is the most extreme yeah. example of that. Yeah. I think people are way too quick to go there. It's like, holy shit. That's, not a casual thing to do and especially if kids are involved yeah. like i'm the byproduct of a, a broken home where mm-hmm. both my parents been married and divorced multiple times and my parents divorce was awful like it had a really negative impact on my childhood mm-hmm. and i'm so grateful for my path cuz it made me who i am and i that's not just like Cheesy talk. It's like real talk. Uh, And yet I don't want that for my kids. And I think that that as much as, and maybe more than anything in society is like the root cause of so much trauma of so of like the continued perpetuation of broken homes is uh, a lack of commitment and radical Ownership and fun, conditional love, mm-hmm. and romantic par- partnership. And Lex has a similar background. You know, she didn't know her dad. Uh, that's just that's unfortunate and it's unnecessary. So to bring it more to your original thought around feeling like I don't have a choice, there's always a choice. And yes, I do very much believe that in extreme situations, yeah, you, there might have to be a choice of like and. I would think the obvious choice is like, I'm going to continue growing. And if you're really just refusing to do anything to come with me and meet me on any level, then yeah, it's like just truly not aligned. And that's the, the guy's path is like, it's just, they're diverging, you know, and yeah. that, that's okay. But I think that's much more of the exception, not the rule. And that mm-hmm. is given up too easily. A quote that comes to mind my mentor, my like greatest coach, Brandon Hawk, I call him Papa my <laughs> for him, He's a, a preacher of a mega church for a hot minute. So he has like that kind of vibe to him, but have the courage to hold on when you most want to let go mm-hmm. and the courage to let go when you most want to hold on. Wow. It's just like kind of beautiful paradox that can apply to two extreme scenarios. And that resonates with me deeply.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for you and Lex is because you're so pro keeping the marriage and partnership together. And you don't see that very much anymore. You see a lot of people saying, empower yourself. And if it doesn't fit, move (sighs) along. And there's, we are so quick to make these really big decisions that leave a lasting impact. And so I'm really, really impressed by you and how you present this as equal opportunity versus one versus the other. I think sometimes in partnerships, we feel like that, like we're against each other versus being with each other. You and Lex often say it's not you or I, it's us. And if I win, you lose. And that was one of my biggest lessons I've learned. And also what she taught me just this past week on our personal one-on-one call was I can't make my husband wrong for a choice that we or I made. And Mm. it was so good because you have these incredible sayings, the two of you that are so supportive and mind blowing and mind opening in a relationship to take radical personal responsibility, which is something I stand Mm. for. But I want to kind of like take a turn if I can, because I really want to know your opinion on this. I have one. I don't know if it's an educated one, so I'm just going to own that. But I feel in certain ways in this like woman empowerment and female rising that in certain ways we're emasculating men. We're making men wrong to make us right. It hurts my spirit a little bit. I think. It's not about pushing one down to have one rise up. What if we did it together? And what if in our rising, that man can rise even more and everybody is expanded at the same time? Do you feel like in a way we are as, and I'm very much generalizing. So there may be some people who don't resonate with this, but let's generalize for the sake of the conversation. Are we emasculating men right now in the feminine empowerment movement?
1: The short answer is yes, in some ways, in some contexts, in some communities, in some cultures. Yes. I think there is a stereotype that has a reality to it for sure. And, you know, something that I think is worth mentioning here is for a long time, and this is no surprise, women were suppressed (laughs) in so many fucked up ways for like the vast majority of human history. Like. Internationally, like no culture was devoid of this, or maybe very few is a better way to say it. And so, understandably, there's been this overcorrection. You know, if you want to use the pendulum analogy, it was like way the fuck over here. And so now it's like, oh, get it way over here. And there's like some momentum that was bringing it in the middle, and then it just like kept going. And now we're talking about the boss babe stuff and the expectation and some of even like the shaming. If like a woman decides she, she wants to just be, I, I even just almost did it subtly there. She just wants to be a mom. That's not right. just, it's like, she decides she wants to be a mom, mm-hmm. fully a mom. Wow. That's a beautiful, challenging undertaking that is like awesome. So you know, there's this course correction. There's this swing in the pendulum to the extremes. And I think that's where a lot of the, the feminine empowerment movement went. And it was also like, fuck patriarchy. Y'all suppressed us. Uh, men are aggressive. They are. And you know, the me too movement, again, there's legitimate, like strong legitimacy to a lot of this stuff. Right. And yet it's, it's kind of like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater men be having a somewhat aggressive nature inherently is an evolutionary positive and it can be really hot in the bedroom, let's say, you know, like having that that dominance energy, that assertive energy. We did a really one of my favorite activities last night on the call that was real so juicy. Good. It right? was
0: so good. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it's like most things, I can leverage potent power for really beautiful purposes, or I can do it to fucking rape and pillage and do really shitty stuff. Um, And so I think that the feminine empowerment movement that you're speaking to, that's emasculating is more coming from that place of like, we are valuable too. y'all had your time and you blew it. This is just my paraphrase interpretation. And so like, we're going to rise up and that's that. And that's kind of, that can be the end of it. But the part that you're speaking to is, well, can we rise together? The answer is like, absolutely, of course, yes. Uh, And it's fun. That's a way more fun way to do it. And it's way more loving, kind, compassionate, graceful, all those things that make doing the work fun for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Great answer. It's true. It's true. And I could really go down a rabbit hole with that. So I'm going to hold on to that because I would feel like we'll have another conversation someday soon because I do have a lot of sort of things I'm navigating and I don't know what the answer is. So I'm looking for someone I trust like yourself and also who's a man to like have this conversation with because there's some things I'm witnessing uh, from a woman perspective. I'm like, this just doesn't fit. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't even look good. The whole right. energy around it just is to me a little bit it's off and it repels me whereas i think a woman's power is her confidence and liberation like a liberated woman doesn't have to prove herself to anybody because she is liberated like to be oh, liberated yeah. means you are removed from having to prove and validate yourself because you are validated internally and it's i wish more women understood that but that's the process we're going through i love that but i i want to suggest listeners right now that this be a podcast you could potentially share with a partner that you're with maybe you're with someone right now and this is like medicine for you just to be like yeah i'm in this masculine energy building a business and i'm bringing it into my home and i don't know what the disconnect is i'm disconnected to my partner i don't want that i know how that has led in my home it was it was big until I started working with you and Lex. And one of the ways we have really mended this was my husband standing up in intimacy in that dominant role because I craved it. I needed in some way, shape or form in our relationship where I could surrender and soften. And it wasn't happening in our home easily because I'd leave the office, walk into the kitchen and there's four kids, homework, get dinner ready, clean up. Like there's just so many to do's. I didn't find these ways that I could soften because there wasn't a lot of opportunity. It felt Mm -hmm. but what we've done that has been so invigorating in our relationship is changing the dynamic and intimacy. And I have to thank you and Lex for this because it has been imperative. And I want to also say that I believe a lot of women listening to this right now can really resonate with my story of like, I feel that Jen, I just don't know where to soften or how to soften. So if she doesn't know, maybe you could bring the conversation to the man. How can he, like, I'd love you to talk to her partner right now. What can he do right now to improve this, to support her, to soften her and build this relationship where they don't have this friction.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I was hoping we'd go in the direction where I could speak to the boys.
0: Yes, please do.
1: Boys, listen up. I got some (laughs) radical shit. I'm going to knock you out with, uh, Maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, the first place is education and exposure. We've, Lex and I have been kind of developing somewhat of a model around this stuff, and it feels a little clinical, you know, and robotic and overly logical, but I think for men, that probably is helpful. Educate and expose yourself. So, we can certainly go through some tactics here and, and we will. And yet, Consistent exposure to these concepts, both the more high-level stuff and then the ground-level tactics, being immersed in that. It's like my first few years, and even still, very much so, in this personal development world, was like podcasts and and I would say even audiobooks more than podcasts. Podcasts can become like mental masturbation media junk food. uh, That's just a little all over the place. I actually did a podcast fast last month because I found that that was kind of creeping in for me. Whereas books are much more targeted, right? They're well thought out. And so the first place that comes to mind, Wave Superior Man. It is like the 101 for men, just start there. And there'll be probably some elements that are a little woo-woo and like, what is this about? But humble yourself, men, and see, let the medicine run its course a bit. I've read that book like a dozen times. It's a gift that keeps on giving. So it's a good place to start to just, because it'll speak to that higher level stuff. It can be very validating and affirming on many levels. For me, it brought a ton of peace around things that I experienced in partnership and romance that I Couldn't put words to and was confused about and frustrated and all those things like, oh, okay. Like this is actually quite normal and I'm making much more sense of everything. And so I can just surrender to it and not try and resist it or change it or logically Mr. Fix it. it. So that'd be one place is education and exposure, starting with some books and just being constantly influenced by that. So like I, for seasons, I would stop listening to music altogether. And it was just like any time in transit, just like something that's nourishing me and not overly worrying about trying to like soak it all in. Just like, even if some of it's passive, it'll, it'll fill in some of those gaps. So that's one thing that comes to mind. Another is transitions to get a little more like tactical and practical transitions are everything. We had some people that were in the last round of couples goals and we had a conversation with them where they were very similar to the scenario you just described of coming out of the office. There's four kids, it's mayhem. And it's like, what do I do here? How do we transition? How do I intimacy? What? Yeah. Right. So in those moments of transition, what can be done as a buffer to, so for you, an example would be you and your honey, Mike come together and he asks you, very genuinely, what what do you need in this moment to transition? Not, hey babe, how are you? What is that generic ask question? That is like so. I, I get that it's it's coming from mostly a loving place, but it's cheap. It's it's just like there's not much consciousness and awareness there. It's like, hey baby, what do you need right now to transition? I know you've had a long day, and <laughs> there's craziness up in here, and I, I want to protect you from that and let you have some space before you come into the craziness and just ask that question and like, what is present for you? Maybe it's, I want to take a shower. Maybe it's, would you mind drawing me a bath real quick? Cool. I'll run in there and draw the bath for you and give you at least 15, 20, 30 minutes. That's fine. I can handle shit for that long. And then come back when you're refreshed, you've had some of that space to relax a little bit Something like that on a consistent basis, if that was like one thing, especially for people who have kids and just have busy lifestyles, work from home, because that presents its own set of insidious challenges. Uh, mastering the art of transitions in life in general uh, is such a beautiful skill.
0: You could see, I don't know if you could see, but I got a little emotional and I got okay. emotional because as women, we're craving that, like mm. we are craving that. And I don't know if we know how to articulate it very well. Mm-hmm. And cause we're not even quite sure, at least I can speak for myself. I am not even entirely sure what I need in that moment. I just feel like I'm dizzy in a frenzy. I'm, I'm almost robotic yeah. and I'm reactive. And so you're right when it's like, Hey, how are you? I don't even know how to answer that question right now. I haven't, <laughs> you know, like I haven't even processed the day, but to be met with a man who's like, hey, I know you just had a long day. What do you need right now before you jump in with the kids and I, can I do something to support you in that? Like my whole body melted mm. because immediately what does that do? It softens us. It's like, mm. oh, there's our person. And it's so simple. So men, if you heard that, I'm telling you right now, it'll change your, change your life with your woman because we we deeply crave that. Yeah, that is more natural for us. But somehow we're out of this natural state a lot of our our days and lives right now. And and it just is what it is. But I do know we can all do better. Do you Mm -hmm. have your phone handy? I do. Would you read that post? You know which one I'm talking about? Would you I I was going to read it when I was introducing you, but I thought, no, this is your your words and it can be your declaration to the men and anybody who hasn't listened to it. I know it's going to be. Something they really need to hear. Would you mind?
1: Not at all. Give me just a sec to find it. Your woman is begging you to fuck her stupid to set her straight. She wants you to step the fuck up. She's requiring you to expand your capacity, seducing you into realizing your abilities. Infinitely inviting you in. Inside of her and deeper into yourself as a means of reminding you both what's possible and what's necessary. This and much more are parts of her sacred role in testing your commitment. To her, to unwavering integrity, to extreme ownership, to a purpose-driven life. She wants more from you. It's not a matter of not enoughness, and she's not too much. This is a call-up for the boys. It's time to recognize the gift of your woman's perceived irrationality. It's time to take ownership of everything, not just what seems reasonable and fair. It's time to prioritize sex as integral to your personal growth, the portal for eternally and exponentially revolutionizing your relationship. It's time to acknowledge the power of your partner's pussy. She's not your best friend. She's not your therapist. She's not your mom. She's your lover. She's an unparalleled gateway to God. She's the activating agent for actualizing your unique greatness. Guys, you are capable of so much more when your relationship is on fire. Prioritize accordingly. Raise the stakes. Do something right now to show her and God that you mean it. Make a declaration. Take a bold stance for your romance. Whatever it is, unabashedly own it. Not just once. Forever. And then... Fuck her brains out as she fucks yours in. Behind every well-fucked woman is an unstoppably confident man. Proetically, Jordan. Mm. <laughs>
0: it's like if we were at a stadium, I don't know if you could see it, but all I can see is like women standing to their feet and screaming, yeah, like, <laughs> you would get the world's biggest standing ovation right now if you were on stage in that stadium, because I want to say thank you. I really do. I want to say thank you as a woman. Oh, And I want to say thank you for the men. You're awesome. You really, really are. Yeah. Thank you. So that post, pin it forever, because it is one of those things that has a lasting Impression and is something we get to continually come back and reread as what we would really desire in our men. And also, maybe just to show them and say, I don't know how to say this, but Jordan did. And this is what I really would love of you and for us. And I think that would be a great example. You talked about educating and being tapped in for the men listening. Jordan is your guy. I have interviewed and been around many other men who are doing similar work, not the same, but similar. And I can attest that nobody does it the way Jordan does. And there is this relief of ego with Jordan, this fun and compassionate and sweet way of him. But at the same time, this masculine, mm, bold energy that is Well, everybody's able to meet. And my husband is, I'm just giving you some, some kudos here, Jordan. He is the epitome of that guy. That's like personal growth. I'm good. And he came into couples goals, not because I asked him to, but because I bought into couples goals and told him we were doing this. And, um, he was skeptical, but I watch him every single week, laugh, cry, Grow, expand, want more. And it's all because of what you and Alexa offer. And I want to say thank you.
1: Oh, shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i my spirit's on fire right now. Thank you so much for saying that. that yeah,
0: you're you're incredible. You really are. And you're needed and necessary in this world. So keep shining. Keep doing like it or doing. not,
1: I will. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm <laughs> so glad. And so you've just changed up your brand a little bit. I was a huge mm-hmm. fan of the change of the handle. So mm-hmm. tell everybody where they can come find you because I know they're going to rush over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Jordan Bowditch, formerly known as Conscious Bro, but I retired that jersey that season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jordan Bowditch on Instagram is where I mainly play.
0: Okay. And we'll have everything linked in and friends. Again, I'm just going to give a plug for Jordan and Alexa's work. You know, it's, it's from the man's perspective. You can trust your man with Jordan. You as a woman, if you're looking for a mentor that can hold that with you and your intimacy and your development, Alexa's your girl, but together they have an incredible program called couples goals that I can't recommend enough. So go reach out and Jordan Thank you for for this time. You are precious and important in our home. And uh, it was a pleasure to have you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. This was lovely.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Your time and presence means the world to me. If you would be so kind to leave a five-star review so more people can learn about Becoming Iconic, that would be such an act of generosity. And please go download and read the newest version of the Becoming Iconic magazine available at becomingiconic.co.co. Now let's go make it a great day.